This is Beth Bruno, and you're listening to the Fierce and Lovely Podcast. I dream of a time when women rest in each other's presence without judgment, comparison, competition, or fear. When we are known and celebrated, when we lay down our shields of protection from the battle, but also from each other, when we can lament without shame and laugh without guilt, when we are one storyline, fierce and lovely women of God. Join me as I talk with fierce and lovely women from around the world. opportunity to talk with Amy Paulson, whose photography is becoming more and more well-known in the circles of uh, female authors and speakers. You may have seen her work on Instagram or on her Facebook page, Amy Paulson Photography. She is an absolute delight, and I loved hearing more about her heart for sharing the love through the lens. Uh, At one point she said, when we are all fully ourselves, we are exquisite. Uh, My husband and I had 15 minutes with her in the fall and I called her a marriage whisperer because of how profoundly deep she led us in those few minutes and then captured it. The the images are absolutely stunning of us. Um, So I just loved hearing more of her heart as I'm sure you will as well. Amy travels a lot to capture some of the images that she does, and in that vein, I wanted to encourage you all to sign up on bethbruno.org backslash travel dash guide if you would like to receive a free curated day of a well-known city each month in your inbox. I am taking you with me around the world to explore a well-known city through the eyes of the women who helped shape it. Last month, I sent out New York City. Uh, This month, I'm sending out Amsterdam. And if you would like to receive a free one each month, you need to sign up uh, to receive those and join in the journey of exploring uh, the story of women throughout the world and share my passion and Amy's as well. Thanks so much for joining us today. Here's my conversation with Amy. Hi, Amy. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Beth. I am so excited to be here. So, okay, let's let's talk a little bit about you as a photographer and you as a, a mom folding laundry, how those yes, two weave together, what that kind of some some data points about who you are. And, and then I have a ton of questions about your approach to capturing people's beauty. I am a master folder of laundry. In fact, I am sitting in my room as we record this and looking at all my little Marie Kondo piles. So I'm pretty- Oh, you do that? You're one oh, of those? I fold it her way. I can't say that I have enlisted all of her downsizing. Um, that hasn't happened, but the folding, that we are rocking over in this house. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have three kids and they are- I didn't plan on being a mom, so this has all been quite surprising, to say the least. Uh, My kids are now 13 and 10 and 7, and they are just absolutely hilarious and fun and should honestly probably have their own TV show, especially – I tell people all the time, like, life is always a party, 
And most of the time you want to be invited. (laughs) That sounds fun. Yes. Um, It's a very fun group. So we're figuring out the whole, we're in that season of life where, you know, between spring break and the end of school, which could honestly be like the time where the wheels come off. I feel like, like this is the Flintstone time, like where you're just trying to keep going. Um, So we're figuring that out. Like, and I would say, so my journey with photography actually started with motherhood. Um, So back in the day, I had this precious little baby girl and I was absolutely in love with every detail of her. I loved her sweet brown eyes. I loved the roles and every element of who she was. And I wanted so desperately to capture that. But at the time, my husband and I were youth pastors in the suburbs of Chicago. Um, and so for those of us that are familiar with with youth ministry and then also the suburbs of Chicago, those two don't financially work together very well, to say the least. Yes. Um, and so here I have this precious baby and I wanted to memorialize all the moments. I wanted to freeze time and we couldn't afford to go to Walmart to get her picture taken. And so I figured I've got to learn how to take a better photo. And so um, I used to take her in her little car seat or stroller into Barnes and Noble because at the time I was still terrified of libraries and I would just grab books that could teach me more about photography and sit there and read them and then, you know, put them back on the shelf. Um, And I fell in love. I took so many photos. Now, at the time I had one of those little digital point and shoot cameras Mm -hmm. and I just took every photo I possibly could. And I I knew about the DSLR, right? Like that is the mecca. That was the dream. But of course, when you know your finances, you knew that dream was not happening. Um, And I figured too, you know, if I don't have a business, that would be a lot to invest in something just for us. And so I figured financially, that's just never going to happen. Well, a few years later, and with another child now in the mix, so we're up to two at this point. Um, my husband for my birthday surprised me with a DSLR camera and it was an Olympus Evolt 410. And there's a reason that you've probably never heard of that camera, but it was a DSLR nonetheless. And I opened it and I was so excited. And immediately when I pulled it out of the bag and saw what it was, I told him to take it back like you do. <laughs> I was so concerned because here was this big financial investment and Um, It's really not the polite thing to do when someone gives you a generous and kind and thoughtful gift is to tell them to take it back. But I felt so wrong for even having wanted it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I took some time and then realized that, you know, here, this thing I'd been praying for, my husband had seen and taken the time to find a way to invest and make it happen. And here I was rejecting it that's so silly. Like, I don't, I don't want to reject this good gift. And so I apologized like you should. And I uh, just asked God, I said, you know, if this is, if I get to have this camera, which just is a dream come true in and of itself, may I not just bless our family. Like, may you help me find ways to bless others. Well, a few months later, of course, I'm like researching online. I'm watching tutorials. I'm reading books. I'm doing everything I can to learn more about how to use this amazing camera that I now have. And on the 4th of July, I woke up as I often did, um, just to have some time before the kids are awake and some time just to prayer journal and spend some time in quiet. And I can't fully explain why, but 
I just knew that this is what I was supposed to do, that I was supposed to be a wedding and life story photographer. And I laughed because here I am with a camera that none of us have probably ever heard of. And I just know that this is the thing I'm supposed to do with my life. And I just giggled like there was no tomorrow because how was I supposed to get from here to wherever there was? But mm. I said, okay, let's, let's see what happens. Whatever you want, God, like, let's, let's just go after this. So a few months later, I had learned all the ins and outs of my camera. I had done all the work that I could. And you get to a point where, especially with lower grades of cameras, that honestly, they can get in the way of what you could do. And I'd finally gotten to that point. And so I was one day talking to my mom and I was talking about this camera that I was dreaming about. And one day, you know, like in a million years, um, would hopefully get to have. And she said, how much is it? And I said, well, you know, like with that and then the lens, it's probably about $1,000. And she said, let me call you right back. (laughs) I was like, okay, sure, mom, whatever. And so she called me back a couple minutes later and she said, you know, AIM, which is what my mom calls me. um, She said, God has just been telling um, your dad and I that we were supposed to give you $1,000. And I feel like now I know why. So go get that camera. And I just was in a heap of tears because especially at the time my father um, had lost his job and he said, I don't know how, but our bank account just keeps accidentally growing. Um, And so all of a sudden I had this camera that I thought would never, ever be in my possession. Um, And so I still am working to learn everything I possibly can. And I'm taking all the pictures and just absolutely in love. And a few months later, there was this, um, conference. So in photography land, there's WPPI and it's Wedding and Portrait Photography Some International, I guess. <laughs> You'd think I'd know, but I just know <laughs> it is WPPI, right? Like that's all, right. that's all I got there. Um, and so I knew that it was going on. It's a photography conference in Las Vegas. And I, I was like, man, that would be amazing. Like I would just love to go there, but that's never happening because you'd passed your budget. Right. right. And so, um, then there was this bag company called ShootSack, and I loved their bag for my lenses. And I saw that they were actually giving away and um, like a conference to someone. And you just had to make a video about like why you loved ShootSack. So I love to write parodies of songs, and that I did. And I used my cute little daughter because I figure why not use every arsenal you have. And we sang this little song about why we love our ShootSack and. I figured, you know, nothing's going to happen. Well, Beth, a few days later, when they finally announced the winners, I actually had won. Oh, I love that. Right? <laughs> so this is like six months after God has said, hey, like, this is what you were, this is what I'm, I have for you to do in the world. Um, I get this free conference that we could never have afforded um, to be able to go and learn and learn under amazing photographers telling beautiful stories and doing a, amazing work in the world. And I just couldn't even. And so we bought the plane tickets and that was a stretch for us, but we figured, okay, like that's the right, the next right step. Like you don't win this kind of opportunity very often. Right. Well, less than a week later, after we'd bought the plane tickets, my car died. And not just like a, a regular death, but a $7,000, like the engine is donezo death. Mm. And all of a sudden, I mean, I was in tears. I can't believe I was so foolish. Why did I buy these tickets? I'm so sorry. Like, 
And of course you can't get refunded. And so my husband looked at me, he said, you have to go. Like we will, we'll make it work. We'll eat black beans and rice and peanut butter and jelly, and it's going to be fine. And so with tears in my eyes, I boarded that plane and I flew out to Las Vegas and I slept on the floor of a hotel room because when you sleep on the floor, people will let you pay less <laughs> because they got the beds. And I ate one meal a day. Um, and I got the opportunity to learn under amazing photographers and get a better vision for what I was wanting to do. And it was so funny because when I'm filling out the paperwork, of course, too, like it's like, how long have you been in business? There was not even a box for how short of time I've been in business. <laughs> and of course, you're walking around this place and you're like, which one of these things doesn't belong? And you realize it's very much you because everyone else here like has been doing this for a little bit. And here you are and you just know that God's given you this crazy chance and your family is like all sacrificing and we're all doing it together. And there may have been free food offered. I'm not completely sure. That, that could have been a drawing point. But I ended up at a seminar by a photographer named um, Jesh Durox. And at that seminar, he talked about a beloved session. Because when I entered photography, I just felt like, you know, anyone can take a picture. I mean, that's absolutely true. But isn't there more? Like, could there be more to a session? Could there be more to what we do when we make an image? that could be so much more than just a photo? Like, is mm -hmm. there healing? Is there space for love to be expressed? Is there something more? And that was the question that kept me going. You know, of course, there's all things to learn about aperture and shutter speed and all that sort of stuff. And I loved learning that. But I just kept thinking there's got to be, you know, I'm not just out here to like try and earn a living or get published, right? Like there's got to be something bigger that's possible. And he started talking about this beloved session and he talked about um, the ways in which he helps couples reconnect and the ways in which he helps them to, you know, because I think we've all gone through it. I know that we did as well. Like I had little children and life is crazy and you're keeping humans alive and there's like constantly laundry and there's constantly dishes. And I felt like during that season, you're so sleep deprived. Like my husband became the person that didn't do the dishes. You know, he wasn't the person that was wildly fascinating anymore. Like I, I had forgotten some of the glory of who he was that had attracted me to him in the first place because I was just seeing the like every day. Mm -hmm. And so he was I, a good roommate. Right? Exactly. And so as Jesh was talking and casting this vision, I was like, that's it. Like that, I knew it was possible and somebody's doing it. And so I came back and that became my focus is like, how do you craft these kinds of moments? How do I help people see one another more deeply? How can I tell better stories? How can I capture what's going on in the world? Um, and so you start where you start. And of course, I didn't have much, but I asked really pretty people to... <laughs> to help me out, right? Um, and so I, I just experimented, you know, with different ways to help people truly connect with, you know, trying out different ideas. I'd talk with counselors and try and, you know, how do you help people see the person they have? Like, what's a way we can do that? And then thinking about how that pairs well with the images that we create. And so that became my thing. Um, and of course, like in there, too, like I got to experience the glory of weddings and I loved weddings. My first one that I did was actually for my high school friends. So of course, like 
this was, I hope that I'm actually good at this and that God wasn't kidding on the 4th of July. (laughs) And I even remember praying, God, if I'm wrong and this isn't really like what I'm supposed to do, the whole wedding side of it, could you help me know in a way that you and I know, but she doesn't? (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Right? Like that was my safety prayer of like, you know, let me know. But please don't let her (laughs) right? (laughs) because of the images. Um, And it turns out I loved it. I loved helping people fully enter their day, to fully enter what was happening and the moments and the family gathered around. Like that is something that just gave, yeah, I mean, just set my heart on fire to say the least. And so I started trying to figure out how do you bring that element into a session with a couple? Um, And then, of course, too, like – I started to realize that I hated family sessions. And finally, I was like, "What? what's the deal? Like, why am I not enjoying this? Is it because that's not something I'm supposed to do? Or is it the way I'm doing it? And I started to realize, like, the way that I was doing family sessions was just like, show up. Let's try and get that nice picture for grandma. And, you know, there wasn't the same kind of heart between, behind a wedding day or even the thought that I put into a couple session and crafting that. And so I started to think, well, how can you incorporate these moments? And um, it it kind of all goes back. So my grandmother was an unbelievable influence in my life, just such an incredible woman. And when I was around 16 years old um, or junior of high school, my grandmother woke up one morning and could not not walk. Um, And so she was taken to the hospital, and there they found that she had cancer everywhere. She had Mm -hmm. lived her life serving so much for my grandfather and just in her community that she consistently ignored the pain she must have been in for forever. Wow. And within six weeks, my grandmother passed away. And, you know, when you're Mm -hmm. 16, you don't always have great social skills and you don't always know how to say the things that are so deep within you because you're letting fear get in the way. And I never told her just how much she had meant to me. I never spoke those words about the change that she had made in my life by the way that she loved me, by the way she loved and served her community. And it just killed me that I never spoke those words. And I learned in that time, like I never wanted to do that again. Like when I felt something of love for another person, like I would do whatever it took to tell them, you know, just at least speak the words. And so as I started to think about and re-envision what a family session could look like, I started to break down pieces. And so in every session, I have, you know, some time with each kid and each parent. And the beautiful thing I get to do is I, I, in every session I do the, I love it when, or I love you because, and Hmm. I can't tell you how beautiful it's been to see, you know, these precious little kids as mom and dad, because so often, you know, we feel these great things about our kids. Like they are fabulous. And sometimes they're not, but for the most part, they are just, we love them to pieces. And, but because life is busy and because life is quick, sometimes we might not speak those words over them. Or even if we do, and we do that so intentionally, maybe it doesn't resonate. You know, maybe they're busy with something else and they don't really hear it on a cellular level. And so, it has been a game changer to watch as and take pictures for um, when these moms and dads get to say, I love it when, and I love you because, and to see these kids and the look of love that just comes over their faces and to know that I'm not just taking a picture, 
I'm creating a moment between the two of them. And then that kid, you know, when they go into their adult life, when they move away and they go to college, they're going to have that image and they're going to remember what mom and dad said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to be able to give that gift that's so much more um, has just been the joy of my life. Well, you did that so well for my husband and I um, oh, last you. fall. And we were together for what, 15 minutes? I think and it was. So short, so quick. And yet you had some some of those similar prompts, some dive deep, real fast questions or perhaps answers that we were, you know, giving to one another. And I just I remember calling you the marriage whisperer because Aww. it was so beautifully intense. And then to have you capture that, like, is gorgeous, Amy. Oh, thank you. And such a gift. Um, So I can only imagine how families feel about that same kind of experience. I'm curious, when you are working with people, so let's just stick with couples or or even individuals, because you did individuals for us as well, what are you looking for and how are you drawing that out of, of someone? I mean, you've got such a short amount of time and you are wanting to capture the essence of that person. And I know you're you're looking for beauty, you're looking for story. That's what some of your prompts are all about. But talk a little bit more about, about that process and what kind of what you've learned about finding and capturing the story of a person. That's a great question. I I guess at the heart of everything I do is a a big devotion to and remembrance that every person I come across is an absolute gift from God. They are so worth knowing. They are so worth my time. And so, I mean, that, that translates to like the Starbucks cashier, like asking how they're doing. I just find people so fascinating and want to show up in such a loving way. And so when I approach a person, I, I honestly realize like we've all had our Olin Mills moment. Now, granted, like there's a generation coming that probably doesn't know Olin Mills, <laughs> but we've had that moment where a person just tried to, you know, manhandle our face and, or maybe like the senior photos where like we were made to feel really awkward and put into positions that are not in our everyday to say the least, Right. Right. And so I realized that when somebody goes to put a camera in your face, like most of us do have a tense moment. We're nervous because of a lot of things. We're nervous because, you know, are we really beautiful? Will somebody take the time to see me? Also, I've gotten these pictures back of myself and it did not look like me. And we have this whole host of feelings that can come up. And I just find that what I'm hoping to do is to create a safe space that in everything I do, people know how valuable they are because God has made them and they are a gift here on this earth. And I think that translates, hopefully, into everything that I do with them and the way I talk and the way that I help them, even just trying to help people know, you know, hey, we are going to try this kind of position. Here's what that does. Um, And just, I don't know, the greatest glory for me is to help people see themselves. Cause I think so often, you know, I grew up and I had that whole like hate list that I would run through in the mirror, you know, like I don't like my nose. I don't like this. I don't like that. And like, I just dissect my body. And when my daughter was really little, I remember going through that hate list. Right. And there's new ones on there now because you've just had a baby and it's like, what just happened to my body? And I looked down at her and I realized 
if I don't do something about this, I will absolutely pass this down to her. And so I said, God, you got to help. <laughs> you got to do something. Like, I don't want to hand her body shame. I do not want to pass this down to the next generation. And so I became very intentional about finding the good, which also then makes it even easier to find it in others. I feel like that's a large part of the work I do is to help get to who the person is. Because I think when we are all fully ourselves, we are exquisite. I think we probably all have that moment where we're sitting down with a friend over a cup of coffee and they're talking just very honestly about their lives. And we're just floored because they are so stunning. They just radiate light and beauty. And so what I try to do is always get to that type of coffee shop moment where a person can fully be themselves in the midst of their story. And then I get to hold up the mirror and say, this is who you are. Like, Mm. this is your exquisite beauty. This is the glory of you. And it's that I see you creating that space and really embodying this fierce and lovely idea because you are kind of with your... I don't know, I'm just imagining your kind of your arms creating this circle of trust and safety and fiercely blocking out all of those, the hate list, all of the previous fears and uh, anxiety that come into our every being in that moment. And you are intentionally creating moments that bring forth life and beauty for the person and reflecting the glory in them through your lens. And so I just have such a visual image right now of you doing that, really embodying fierce and lovely in your approach to photography. That is the absolute hope and prayer. Where have you seen that in some of the women that you, because I know you travel a lot and you've attended quite a few different conferences and you've had these moments of capturing women who are speaking out in their own fierce and lovely. Where have you seen that reflected in some of the women you've shot and what what's that been like for you? Oh, it's been a joy. It's been an honor to help capture who women really are. I will tell you, so all of my journey has been such a crazy piece. And so one of the pieces with that has been, you know, how do I do this work, especially when my kids were little, right? And we lived in Atlanta at the time. And so there's tons of traffic and just trying to figure out, man, should I really even be doing this? Because you start to doubt the things that you were want. It's so often that God gives us something that we know we're supposed to do. And then the rest of our life is almost just learning to trust what we were told. Hmm. Um, I am just such an Israelite. Like, it's funny because I used to read those pages and be like, you idiot. Like, come on. Like, you know who he is. Why don't you trust him? And then I look at the, if you were to read the pages of my life, I'm like, oh, yep, that's me. Like, I am very much same. Um, and so I remember I pretty much every year reliably would be like, maybe I should just not do photography. Maybe I should quit. Right. I shouldn't have a business. And I had done some portraits for, um, Glennon Doyle and just love her. And we created this image. Well, kind of the story around it. I mean, quite honestly, we did this picture session in 15 minutes in a parking lot in Birmingham, Alabama, (laughs) right around the hotel. Like it was not fancy. It was not some sort of, and that's how how these often can come to be. Like it's in the craziest of time crunches, but I feel like, so in that moment, I just said, would you take a deep breath? And I want you to think about the beautiful moments that have led you to this moment in time. 
And I want you to think about the women that have been empowered and feel even more courageous in their story because of you sharing yours. And that's when we took the picture for Love Warrior. And um, I had gotten an advanced copy of the book, but it didn't include like the thank yous. And a friend sent me a text soon after she'd gotten it. And she said, did you see this? And in her thank you notes, she had said, um, thank you for love through your lens to me. Hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, like the thing I've been praying all this time, it's actually happening finally. Hmm. And I had another moment, um, a sweet friend. So when I was in some of the early stages of figuring out this couple session and this different approach, one of the prompts that I did is I had my sweet friend, Liz, and I looked at her husband, Brian, and I said, Brian, I just need to know that you will not lie. And Brian said, okay, yes. <laughs> and um, I said, Liz, your one job right now is to block out any other voice and to just believe him. And I said, Brian, I just want you to whisper into Liz's ear how beautiful you find her. That's all I want you to do. And Liz, your one job is you're going to look at me and you're going to believe him. And you're going to mm. let it in. You're not going to let those voices push it out. You're not going to say no. You're not going to fight. You're going to let it in. And those images will still be some of the most meaningful because you could see that Liz that day got her power. Um, and she saw mm. how her husband saw her. And the love finally made its way in. And I'd say, as I get to tell these stories, as I get to sit with women and learn from them. I started a project. So my daughter um, just turned 13, but last year I started a project called Dear 12-Year-Old Me. And I started taking pictures for women and then they would write a letter to their 12-year-old selves. The things that that precious girl needed to know. Hmm. Um, and it has been the greatest gift because I'm still floored, but in five to 10 minutes, with these beautiful women, um, they're willing to go there and they're willing to own their beauty and they're willing to trust me enough because we all have those crazy photo experiences. And it has been such a joy to hear back from them about, you know, I always hated seeing myself in pictures. I've always hated having my picture taken. Amy, I can see myself again. Mm -hmm. Like I see, I got one... Now, I did this project, and the um, person had emailed me beforehand, and she said, I just want to let you know, I don't like pictures of myself. I don't like having my picture taken, and I'm only doing this because I absolutely have to because I need a headshot because I'm an author. <laughs> I was like, perfect. I can work with that. I like honesty. And I emailed her back, and I said, I totally understand. All I ask is that you show up with all of yourself, and we just try. I sent her her sneak peek and you could see the tears almost rolling off the keyboard. And she said, I have never, ever felt truly seen in my life. And for the first mm. time I can see myself mm. and I can see the person that God's made me to be. And I can see the world changer that I am becoming. Mm. And to know that you get to partner with somebody and just, because honestly, what I'm doing is holding up the mirror for how they really are, the beauty that they really are in the world. That's all I do mm -hmm. is I just hold up the mirror and say, this is, this is how God sees you. Wow. 
Amy, it's such a ministry, truly. I mean, that's what I'm hearing uh, just in your description, right? And the ministry of loving well through your lens and talking about the 12-year-old self letter to my dear 12-year-old self, it just made me think about our girls. I also have a 13-year-old daughter. Yes. And what could we do with girls that would help them perhaps not need to write a letter like that in 30 years? So I'm wondering what what are some of the conversations you have with your own daughter around self and around the selfie era? And here you are, a photographer. I'm sure her life is very well documented. So what kinds of conversations do you have together about image making and finding her own worth and glory in ways that are not not that selfie culture of social media right. reflecting, you know, the, her peers. Does that make sense? That Absolutely. Question? Well, I will tell you, this has been like the nervous thing that I've kind of made my life effort with her. <laughs> and I remember just a couple years ago, she came out of the bathroom and she said, "Do you think my butt is big?" And Beth, I was just like ready to curl up in the fetal position. I was so like, oh my gosh, no, they got to her. I haven't done enough. Oh my gosh. And I was like, so I took a breath because I've learned as an ADD person with all those thoughts that just go through your head in like two seconds that maybe you should take a breath first before you like reply. And so I did. And instead of like all my insecurities pouring out of my mouth and into this poor child, I just said, do you really think that? And she just laughed and she was like, no, my butt's amazing because God made it. (laughs) And Beth, I started to cry. I was just like, God, somehow we've done it. Like, and granted, Mm. there's still so much more of life to go. And will this be something she never battles? I would say with the way that the world is, she's going to come up against it eventually. But somehow in his grace, we're not there Um, We talk a lot about finding beauty in others. I think that's helpful because if we're just looking at our own face and we're just looking at our own self, we're just missing out on the richness and we become a little too self-absorbed. I will say like she does not have social media and that's part of it because I think the comparison game can be, you know, this is a season where identities are being formed. Um, and she's questioning, you know, who am I? Where is my place in the world? And so I feel mm. like opening that whole arsenal is just too much in this season of her life. But I make a big deal about embracing my beauty in front of her. I make sure that I tell her, you know, like even yesterday, it was so funny. Like, so we started this whole carpool thing, which is like brand new to us. We're basically okay. behind the times because I'm ADD. Um, and so what she was mentioning like about the other parents have like cool radio stations <laughs> that, that we need to look into different ones. Um, and she was like, now you're going to be cool in front of my friends. And I was like, wait, sweetie, I'm going to be me and I'm going to love them, but I'm going to be me. And she was like, okay, yeah, you're right. And I, I just tried to make a big point of Cause I did, like, I remember the pressure of feeling like you have to change who you are for every moment that you're in, mm-hmm. um, of having to look a certain way, to be on a certain game, to be able to be a part of life. And I just feel like the more she can hear me affirming my own beauty, um, affirming that I like who I am. Of course, I want to strive to become more of who God's made me to be, but I need to appreciate who I am in front of her. 
because she's going to learn more from how I treat myself than what I tell her. That's so true. Right? Like that's the kicker. And so it's been my big work to speak kindly to myself and to own my own beauty and to then also like acknowledge that within her and all the other characteristics. And we've been talking a lot about like, because we're in a season where people will tell you, you are a lot of things, right? Like that's, that's a thing that our kids face. Like you're this, you're that. And so since they've been little, I have tried to really reaffirm like the only thing that people really get to call you is child of God. Anything Mm. else is not really your identity. It might be things that you do like. It might be things you're into, but really who you are is child of God. And amen. (laughs) (laughs) Amy, I love, I just love hearing your, your approach, your thoughts, the way you're seeing the world and the way you're seeing all of these beautiful people that you're capturing through your lens. Um, so fun to hear more of the the story behind the 15 minutes I got to spend with you in September. Quick practical question. Yes, ma'am. Where should people actually get their photos printed? Oh, since yes. there's almost no more local places available. What's your favorite accessible normal person online printing company? Absolutely. So my favorite is mpix.com. So that's M-P-I-X.com. So they're my favorite non-pro lab out there. And then if you're looking to um, print books or anything like that, then I love Artifact Uprising. So artifactuprising.com for books and those kinds of, of images. Excellent. Just a fun, practical Oh, absolutely. Advice for everybody. Yes, because print your photos. Like absolutely print them. Exactly. Yes. I just got, I downloaded a ton of things off my phone because Costco was closing their photo lab. I thought, well, it's free. They're giving me 50 bucks to spend. I hate every single one of them. Oh. Such, I mean, I love the the images, but such poor quality. Right. Why did I even bother? Yes. So, and I knew better. But I took advantage of the freebie and now I like – But you have something and so then I you just it. go get something better later. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, Amy, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast and for sharing your heart and for having such an incredible ministry through photography. I can't wait to see where you end up next and when our cause will meet again. Pass paths will cross again. You know what, Beth? I just love that you ended it that way because I, I mess up phrases all the time. So I just feel so known. <laughs> <It's> so <laughs> and you are an absolute joy. Thank you for all that you're doing and this beautiful work you're putting out there in the world. Thanks, Amy. Love makes its way in. Don't you love that? Here's what I'm going to be thinking more about today after I listen to this conversation with Amy. I'm going to be considering what sort of letter I would write to my 12-year-old self And then as a mom of a 12-year-old, I'm going to be thinking about what sort of letter I would not want for her to have to write when she's my age. Uh, Just a little bit of a takeaway there. What I love most is that Amy's vision of calling out someone's story and beauty through the lens is so beautiful. And I'm sure you have a unique way that you do the same, whether that's through photography or cooking or uh, leading a study or a workshop or teaching or counseling or whatever. Um, So many of us are doing that in a variety of ways. And that's what I enjoy most about platforming women's voices on this show. 
I appreciate you joining me today. This is Beth Bruno, and you've been listening to the Fierce and Lovely Podcast.